Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the EP podcast. That's the initials for the Extra Point podcast. You'll hear why in a few moments. Uh, I've used the initials. I hope to bring you some other initials later in the podcast, so hang on for those, okay? But yes, this is the Extra Point podcast for Tuesday, August 31st. My name's Todd. I'm one of the pastors here at First Family, and really glad you've joined in today for this episode in which we want to bring a little more insight, maybe some even deeper, a deeper application to the topic and text regarding spiritual gifts from Ephesians 4. Uh, let me just simply start by um, saying that I think Ephesians 4 joins Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 in laying out for us not only instruction about spiritual gifts, but a sampling of spiritual gifts. Um, each of those lists, I think, when you put them together, they do form a, a comprehensive list of the gifts in the New Testament. There may have been more that were used that God gave. We don't have a record of those. So we restrict and limit our teaching to the gifts mentioned in the Bible. But the question is, were all those gifts perhaps just in two categories. In other words, is there a way to, to kind of summarize all of the gifts um, by categorizing them? And if so, what are those categories? Well, I believe Peter does this in his first epistle when he says this in chapter 4, verse 10. He says this, and this is another spiritual gift passage. It's only a couple of verses long. We may cover it next year as we try to look each year at the spiritual gifts. But here's how Peter categorizes the gift. He doesn't list um, a sampling of gifts per se, at least I don't think so, uh, but he does kind of categorize them in these two uh, areas. Look what he says in 1 Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. And I think in this simple verse, Peter essentially categorizes the spiritual gifts into serving gifts and speaking gifts. And I would encourage you just to kind of keep this in mind as you think about the various gifts listed in Ephesians, Romans, and 1 Corinthians, that they probably all fit pretty nicely into two major categories, speaking gifts and serving gifts. And I love the way in this text that Peter, he really, uh, can we use the phrase, ups the ante or escalates the need to make sure that we see all the gifts as um as needing to be um, utilized or operated by uh, God's strength, uh, he, he doesn't ever seem to lower himself to thinking it's a man-made natural ability. He says here, if we serve, man, we should serve as one who is strengthened by God. And if we speak, we should speak as one who speaks oracles of God. So he raises the stakes a great deal in helping to see that whatever gift we are given, whether it's one in the serving category or one in the speaking category, it is God that's strengthening and supplying and enabling every bit of that. And that's precisely why we see every spiritual gift as a supernatural enablement, a Holy Spirit-empowered gift that is a manifestation of the presence and power of God. And so just keep this in mind. It's a good way to kind of categorize a number of the gifts. 
Uh, by way of further information, I would just mention this. There are those who see a third category. Some see gifts um, and put them in the sign category. So they would say there are speaking gifts, there are serving gifts, and there are sign gifts. Typically, however, uh, those who believe in sign gifts would be in a cessationist category. It's not exclusive there, not totally, but typically those who categorize certain gifts in the sign category would be those who would say perhaps most of those types of gifts have ceased. I would not be in that uh, camp. I am very content with what Peter here lays out and find the most biblical support for this, this uh, understanding that that this is a good way to recognize um, the categorization of the gifts mentioned, that there are speaking gifts and there are serving gifts, but all are God-empowered supernatural enablements. And so just some extra information there, some extra insight regarding spiritual gifts. We've been on that subject for three or four weeks now. That might give you some more to work with. When it comes to application, let me just simply mention this as well. Um, I think gifts, um, though they're aimed at building up the church, uh, and I can say building up the believers, um, I think gifts can be used outside of the church in a way that either edifies other believers um, or possibly serve as a, um, a sign or a tool or a, a manifestation of God's power, even if believers aren't always present or maybe don't make up the entire um, crowd of which uh, where that gift is exercised. And so I, I like to say it like this. I think there are ITC gifts as well. And then there are OTC gifts as well. So here's some more abbreviations on this EP podcast, right? Uh, ITC stands for inside the church, uh, and OTC stands for outside the church. It doesn't mean that the gifts aren't edifying the body um, uh, ultimately, but there are some gifts that are outside the formal walls of the church. So let's say um, you're helping a ministry center downtown, or maybe you are helping um, with a mission agency in another city, and, and you're using your gifts of administration to help them as they um, you know, serve missionaries and partners in other lands, and you're taking care of their finances and handling their bookkeeping. And, uh, or let, those are just, that's just an avenue in which your gifts are used technically outside the little c local church, but they're helping the larger body, the capital C church. And so I would say that's kind of an outside the church, at least as far as a specific local body, it's outside that church, but it's still your gifts being used to help God's body. So I like to look at them as as gifts that are used inside the church. Um, And I speak there of your local specific body of believers, uh, where you are a member and where you've been given responsibility and where you've made commitments. And then there are OTC gifts, uh, gifts that uh, are often used outside the church, still aimed at believers, edifying the body, but perhaps not within a local specific uh, specific assembly. So all of its spiritual gifts, it's empowered by the Holy Spirit, but there are times they're used ITC, and then there are times they're used OTC, the end game, of course, the ultimate aim is still that it edifies, strengthens, consoles, and comforts and builds up the body of Christ. One last observation that I want to make and bring in a passage from Hebrews that I think will support some things we 
uh, Saul in Ephesians. You know, Ephesians 4 lays out that one of the primary avenues for spiritual maturity in the church is spiritual gifts. We looked at that Sunday. We've made that strong um, uh, truth claim and just asking our church to get on board that, and, and they have so well, and they are so well. But I think it's interesting that in the book of Hebrews, there's an interesting um, and intriguing phrase in which the writer he mentions a, a spiritual gift, that of teaching, and he says to those readers that some of you should have been teachers. However, he says, you have become dull of hearing, and so now you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. Notice in this, in this reading in Hebrews, there's language from both Peter and Paul the idea of oracles of God needing to be taught those, when really they should have been the ones teaching those. And he's speaking here of a lack of maturity in these readers, these um, believers uh, to whom he wrote the book of Hebrews. And I wonder, and I just am, am uh, kind of making this proposal, this seems to describe those who refuse to grow by using their spiritual gift or gifts. You know, the word teaching or teachers is listed here. It's also listed as a spiritual gift. They should have been using that gift and speaking, as Peter says, as if they were speaking the oracles of God, but apparently for lack of use, and that's described later in this same passage in Hebrews, for a lack of use, they now need someone to teach them the oracles of God. It, it, it may be that... The situation uh, in these believers to whom Hebrews was written, they were not exercising their spiritual gifts. Um, they were spiritually lazy. They were, in essence, disobedient. And so they backslid. They, they saw um, no growth. Instead, they saw an, a decrease in their spiritual stature. They became immature, not mature. And notice that there is spiritual gift language in this section in Hebrews 5. And so it's just an example to me that if we're not actively doing what 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, as well as 1 Corinthians 12.31, which is to pursue spiritual gifts earnestly, if we're not obeying that verse, then the only other option is that we will see our spiritual growth diminish, will decrease in our maturity, which is immaturity. And instead of being those who are teaching, um, uh, speaking, and serving, we'll find ourselves needing to be taught. And I just want to encourage you, don't find yourself in the camp of these types of believers mentioned in Hebrews. Let's be of those uh, mentioned in uh, Peter's first epistle or those described in Ephesians that, man, we're growing, we're maturing, um, we're, we're seeking to use our spiritual gifts so that we are growing up into Christ in every way and building the church up in love. That is the end game, the ultimate goal of spiritual gifts. And I'm praying for our church and for you, our listener, that we will commit to earnestly pursuing spiritual gifts for the glory of God and the good of His church. Well, that's today's Extra Point. I hope you've enjoyed it. hope it's brought some additional insight and help uh, into your understanding of spiritual gifts. I'd encourage you, uh, go back and listen to our messages on that. You'll find them on our website, uh, firstfamily.church. 
And I'm just praying that God will continue to give us a hunger and a thirst for more of His manifest and active presence through the person of the Holy Spirit as we earnestly pursue spiritual gifts.